open up that crystal Pepsi and get comfortable. This is Dope Nostalgia. So happy to bring you episode 143 of Dope Nostalgia Podcast, where we love and embrace the 90s and all the music that came from that decade. I'm your host, Naomi. My friend, my new friend, Justin Lamb, is our guest today, and we are going to talk about the Montreal, Canada-based band called Brand Band 3000. I wouldn't even call them a band. I would say they were almost like a collective of uh, instrumentalists, musicians, singers, so many different people, so many moving parts. But I'll tell you a little bit about the original creation and idea behind Brand Band 3000. You might remember their big hit called Drinking in L.A. Well, Justin and I are going to reminisce a bit about Brand Band. Wikipedia moments. Please bear in mind that Wikipedia is not to be taken as actual 100% fact. Any donkey could edit it at any time. If I'm reading you the artist's bio, that stuff is real truth. Brand Band 3000, also known as BB3, is a Canadian alternative rock and hip-hop collective from Montreal, Quebec. Founded by James DiSalvio and E.P. Bergen, they collaborated on a number of songs with Stéphane Morial, Sarah Johnson, Steve Liquid Holly, Jane Hill, Jean Leloup, Kim Bingham, Pierre-Luc Sarat, and many other musicians. The name of the group is derived etymatologic... Ah, how do I say this word? Etymatologically, yes, from Swedish liquor Brandvin, a general term referring to any type of distilled spirit. The name originated as a joke associated with the taupe-colored Volkswagen camper van owned by Bergen in the mid-1990s, which was said to run solely on brand flakes, Brandvin, and brand recognition when carrying the artists on tour around Canada. Between 1996 and 2016, Brand Band 3000 was among the top 150 selling Canadian artists in Canada. In 1994, James DeSalvio had received a royalty check for work on a remix he had done on a track for Quebec songwriter Jean Leloup and invited his friend E.P. Bergen to come help him spend the money in New York. DeSalvio was a video director and asked EP to teach him how to produce tracks with a sampler and turntables. And in the process, they created Brand Band 3000. EP returned to Montreal and co-wrote and produced a single with Le Loop called Johnny Go. EP invited James to record his first ever rap on that song. It later went to number one on the Quebec charts. DeSalvio also directed the music video. James and EP went back to New York to record Forest and Machambra for La Loop's album Le Dome. These tracks were very successful for Brand Band 3000. This led to a record deal with Audiogram Records. Together with Haig V, they co-produced the first BV3 album for which Le Loop donated the song Forest. Bergen started a cover of Come On Feel The Noise with plans to have Sarah Johnson sing on it, but DeSalvio discovered Steve Liquid Holly. In 1996, when the album was almost finished, James and EP sent a demo of the songs Drinking in L.A., that's this one right here, Couchsurfer, and Everywhere to the Canadian Music Week contest. Brand Band 3000 tied for first place with Jack Rustel, but was disqualified because there was no real band to perform the showcase. They finished the album and put together a touring band that included Gary McKenzie, Nick Hines, and Rob Jonis. Brand Band finally released their first single, Drinking in L.A., in February 97, right here in Canada. It peaked at number 35 on Canada's RPM Top Singles Chart on July 28th. In April of that year, the band released their first album called Glee. The record went gold, and at the Juno Awards of 1998, they won the Juno for Best Alternative Album. BB3 was nominated for Best New Group, and Drinking in L.A. was nominated for Single of the Year. Glee contains 17 tracks with Forrest in French and featuring La Loupe. Aphrodisiac, produced by E.P. Bergen, sold 100,000 copies in Germany and appeared in the movie X-Change. The song Everywhere was featured on the soundtrack to the film Practical Magic and Drinking in L.A. was featured in the soundtrack to Playing by Heart. Brand Van 3000 has recently been playing gigs together once again and 
our new friend to the podcast, Justin Lamb, is here today to talk all things BV3. I just switched my mic. You can still hear me, yes? Yeah, it sounds way better. I've yeah. always wanted that. I've always wanted that mic. It's, it's coming one day. Yeah, I uh, I podcasted for like five years before I finally dropped the money on this. Um, yeah. And then it happened. I bought it. I bought two um, in February of 2020. And so I didn't get to use the second one with a person for a very <laughs> long time because, you know, that whole quarantine COVID thing happened. <laughs> good times yeah no that's like um next um, my next big purchase will be getting one of those one day but this one's fine for now it's this is just a condenser audio technica i'm oh, happy yeah. with it yeah i had a <laughs> i had a, a similar setup that i got like from amazon that i used for years and i think if you ask most listeners they probably wouldn't know the difference <laughs> so that's funny nope not when yeah. i've conducted so many interviews with just people's basic computer mic oh yeah really yeah. so yeah yeah we, i could i could go into this for for quite a while because even even the rough. little yeah the little foam thing i just switched this out because i know that it like this it's more recognizable mm -hmm. than the bigger one that i had on there which is technically more for vocals and i do music and stuff too so i was like i'll just switch them back and forth it's fine it's fine <laughs> <laughs> so those things are amazing for vocals especially for powerful singers so yeah i don't know if i'm that but yes uh, well welcome i'll start right away then uh welcome justin to the show justin lamb is here to talk brand van 3000 with me yes so, yes where are you coming from justin i am in waterford michigan which is like a half hour 40 minutes north of detroit north of detroit yeah okay so you're still technically See, I always get confused the, there if Canada dips below Detroit. It does. It does. Right? Yeah. So Canada, it, Detroit's the only place where you can go south to go to Canada. Very strange. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I could, a lot of people in my area would just say I'm in Detroit. <laughs> it's the, it's the Metro Detroit area, but I have plenty of friends in Detroit that'd be like, you're not in Detroit. And they'd get mad at me. You know, I bet. <laughs> terrible. But if you're telling somebody from out, out here in Western Canada that you're in Detroit, it makes sense. Yeah, I'm in uh, I'm in the white person suburbs. I guess is probably the most accurate thing to say. But are are you um what what kind of projects do you work on? Like what um, kind of like you mentioned oh music goodness. and such. Yeah, uh, I have too many projects. Um, Things we can plug. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, my my biggest love and biggest time suck with that is. Uh, labor of love it's not i don't say that as a bad thing is my podcast friend request um which i interview um people it started as a friend as a interview facebook friends because i was like how do i know these people what do i know about them you know former coworkers or people you went to school with 20 years ago and then it just kind of spun off into interviewing everybody that i know or don't know just to find out about their lives because everybody has a story to tell and I've yet to find uh, a boring story though. Many people think they have nothing interesting to say. I, uh, I can constantly prove them wrong. So what a cool idea. Yeah. I love it. And it inspired me to, um, kind of shift my career path. So I, tomorrow I start grad school to be a therapist. So oh, it's, fantastic. Uh, yeah, it's been good. And then, yeah, I do play music. I'm, I'm, you can find my stuff online. I don't do anything with it. Like really, <laughs> but it is out there. Just, Justin Lamb music. You can find me everywhere. Wonderful. You're doing it for the passion of it then. That's good. Yeah, it used to be a a dream. I'm using air quotes for you audio <laughs> listeners, but it's a, yeah, it, as you grow older and reprioritize, I think those things change. But mm -hmm. I was a teenager again when you brought up Brand Van or when I saw that on the list, rather, I was very, very excited. <laughs> I'm glad because you're going to obviously know a lot more about them than I will. But you know uh, what's I've... funny? Nobody knows who this is. <laughs> I know. They know that one song, Drinking yeah. in LA. Yeah. When it comes on, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That one. But they had other songs too that, uh, especially in Canada, there was some airplay because, of course, in Canada, we have the CanCon ruling by the CRTC, which means you have to play a certain amount of Canadian music on radio. You just said so many words and letters that I don't know, and I'm so excited okay. about that. <laughs> That's because you're American. I get it. Yeah. No, so. I, I would I would love to know more about that. And I figured uh, if you have, you know, a 
widely Canadian audience that they would know more about Brand Van uh, than I would even. But um, a bit, I'm sure. Being, yeah, being so close to to Canada and Detroit, like we we get a lot of crossover stuff there, and mm. I think that's why we we get a lot more influence um, from from some of the surrounding territories music there and yeah yeah that would make sense that you would probably be more exposed to that especially because they probably come right over the border to do shows oh, yeah yeah. Right? yeah i'm sure you could probably drive to detroit and do a venue closer to you than you could in some other canadian cities that would be a lot smaller than, than the venues you'd play in detroit so yeah i'm sure yeah. that happened a lot and then technically you're on an international tour right so why wouldn't you want to say that yeah, exactly. Then you can say that. <laughs> um, but just kind of to elaborate on what I meant, um, we have a governing rule um, system that, uh, how do I say this? They kind of rule the airwaves, kind of like the FCC, right? Yeah. But in Canada, it's called the CRTC. Um, and what they do is they enforce that radio stations have to play a certain percentage of Canadian music on the airwaves in order to support our own, I guess you could say. Yeah, that actually no. makes so much sense. Um, there's a radio station that like recently defunct, I think three years ago, they uh, shut it down, but it was called 93.9 The River and it played a lot of, uh, I, don't, I guess you would call it like, um, I don't know, I don't know what music's called now. I'm getting too old. But like a, a adult contemporary, like the station that you would find um, if the Wallflowers came out today, they would be on the station. For some reason, I'm drawing a blank on it. But they play like the Decemberists. They play um, mm. stuff that's like not quite indie, but like also the teenagers aren't listening to it. sort of stuff. Um, yeah. And I interned at that station for a little while and I found so many great artists and I would end up finding out like some a chunk of them, a measurable percentage were Canadians. And I was like, oh, this, so this makes all the sense in the world now. I'm tying a lot mm. of things like Sam Roberts band. I would not know about without that um, radio station. I love Sam Roberts band. They just played here a couple of weeks ago and their guitar player came to my karaoke show. Oh, fun. That's <laughs> after, exciting. After the gig. And it was really, really cool. But um, yes, yeah, Sam, Sam Roberts. Very small. That's what I hear. I know I've seen them <laughs> live before, but it's been years. Um, I saw them at a music festival in 2008, and I met him after the show. And I'm six three, so I was like, "Oh, you are you are tiny, uh, <laughs> tiny tiny man." Um, but hell of a hell of an artist. <laughs> I'd probably be taller than him as well. I'm five nine, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, but with Brand Van, yes, they're based out of Montreal. Yeah. Um, they are, as far as I know, still making music, if not just getting back together, because they just played the Montreal Jazz Fest recently, which yeah. is a huge, huge music festival in Canada. Now, how did you discover this band for yourself? <laughs> so I, I have a couple anecdotal stories. Um, there was, of course, you mentioned Drinking in L.A. Everyone knows that song. Um, and there's the little sample in the beginning. Um, Hi, my name's Stereo Mike, which a lot of radio stations in the nineties used that sample as a little like transition um, into different segments and stuff, or right before they go to a commercial or when they come back from a commercial, it was just that little sample and they use that much more than they would actually play the song. Oh, wow. But So I, I knew that song and my buddy who we all have that friend, right? The friend that introduces us to all this different music throughout, uh, especially throughout our teenage years, but sometimes into our adult years too, because he went off into a, like a death metal phase and I didn't follow him there, but yeah, he, uh, <laughs> he was living in his, in a closet because his parents were building a house and they had an apartment at the time and his sister got the bedroom and he got the walk-in closet. Um, mm. that's, that was the arrangement they decided on. And so we were sitting in his closet and he's like, oh, you got to hear this song. It's really funny. And he played Couch Surfer for me, which is the second track off that same album, Glee, mm. um, from like 97, I think. And I I loved it because it's it's so funny. I like anything that can laugh at itself, um, but still like have this undercurrent of talent. I, I love it. Absolutely yeah. love it. And Brand Van is, is definitely that, especially that first album. And Couch Surfer is so good. And there's all these tiny little clips in the in the background and little sayings at the end of the song uh, 
that people don't even listen to. I've tried to push brand ban on so many people over the last 20 years. Um, and, and it's hard. It's a hard pill to swallow if you're just like trying to take a recommendation from someone because they are all over the board. By sampling the wealth of music and sound effects available on Audio Fidelity Stereo Discs, you can take a trip around the world without leaving your easy chair. Together with everything and nothing between us, you are the whole soul, gold, me, you, universal, universal union, blending in matter, journey in harmony. <laughs> the ecstasy's voice is swaying, interplaying, perennial gardenia garden, flowing into fuchsia fountains, leaping into warm purple-pink gaseous fumes, purple pools, moving in, undulating, emanating jewels, into a timeless, spaceless, placeless place. Such a pretty face. Couch surfing. I'm surfing. Couch surfing. Couch surfing. Move to your house. I'm a couch surfer. So, you can't really categorize them, hey? Yeah. To answer your question, that's where I first got introduced to them outside of the single um, that I really paid no attention to the single. If you were to play that song for me, I'd be like, who do you think this is? I would have no idea. And he played me couch surfer. And then we ended up listening to the whole album and it goes in so many different directions and so many different genres and touches on stuff that I have zero interest in still to this day, like country Western type music, but they do it in a way that's like I said, kind of, you're laughing Mm -hmm. at yourself and also adding in this little hip hop backbeat. And then they, and they close the album with this beautiful acoustic song sang by uh, Sarah, Sarah Johnston, which I was obsessed with her voice. I wanted to like meet her. You ever hear a voice and you're like, I know that person's beautiful. Um, That was was how I felt about that. And she does a few songs on there. (coughs) And then there was all this lore around the album and it was a time before internet was much of a thing. So like, I still to this day don't know if some of the stories I've heard from the album are true. And what kind of stories? Um, So, and some of this has been backed up and I'll tell you, like I mentioned at the top, I'm going to grad school now. And so I have access to like academic libraries. And for fun, I looked up brand band <laughs> to see if nice. there's anything in there. And there was some old articles from 97 when Glee came out, like from Rolling Stone and Billboard and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And James DeSalvio, who the brand man, uh, if you will, he was talking about how he would just get the drum tracks in and then he'd bring people in and they'd just like play guitar on his couch and he'd record that. And that's how he's doing it. And that kind of lines up with the story that I always heard. And I haven't heard this defunct, so I'm going to stick with it. In my mind, it still happened. <laughs> the story I heard in the late 90s was this album was compiled uh, by James DeSalvio and um, E.P. Bergen, who is his buddy that they're essentially brand van, mm. went around to different like coffee shops and open mics in Quebec and found these artists that were playing there and would be like hey you want to come you know play on here or sing a backup vocal in here and something and so it was just this weird collaboration of just like picking these people up and bringing them over and they record something and i think that's why you end up with i think it's 28 different people on the album mm-hmm. <laughs> which is just crazy yeah. and and why it spans so many genres across the entire album and I, I love that story. I love the collaboration, the the collective, this like a bunch of creative minds coming together with this one backbone. Because if you listen to the album, I'm never going to stop talking. If you listen to no, this that's album. That's what you're here for. It, <laughs> <laughs> you can start it. And uh, their follow-up album, Discosis, which I will also talk at length about, um, you start the album and they don't make stuff like this anymore, unfortunately, because that's not how music is done digitally. But it goes in a line like every song every track bleeds into the next track um even at the end of you know drinking in la the which is in the that's the back of of the whole song 
bleeds right into the that's the first part of the next song like it's made to listen to all at once and it's so well done that interests me when you're talking about how it's basically a collective of folks that have come in and out the door how they could keep that um, same thread going throughout from song to song yeah you know how how do you do that when you're basically just recording a jam session well that's where i think uh, um the genius is is those transitions and being able to do that in a way that feels seamless because yeah you're right i mean you have exactly like me i believe is the song that's either before or after come on feel the noise so they cover twisted sisters come on feel the noise in a very (laughs) interesting and creative way Uh, and they have this other song that starts like acoustic guitar and i'm with stupid and stupid's with me and like how would these two go together is i don't understand but the the transitions almost make the album and when you Mm -hmm. present somebody with one song you're like oh you got to hear this song and it's not drinking in la it's it's a hard sell sometimes because it's all part of a bigger package (laughs) it it really is i think was made to be enjoyed in its entirety Mm -hmm. and and when you do that you really get the feel for the entire album because it, oh, it's so good. I, I love it so much. <laughs> I, I love your explanation of it, truly. I mean, I think that it's important that people know that it wasn't just a single and they're going to get so much more out of it hearing yeah. the whole thing. Yeah, and even though it had, I don't know if it was technically a single, but there's a, I can't even think of the name of the song now, but there's a song that they use in the movie Practical Magic with Nicole Kidman and Sandra Bullock, mm-hmm. which is... Uh, I can hear it. I was about to start singing it. <laughs> um, but it, it it's that sounds like the seventies. No, <laughs> no, it's Sarah Johnston. Um, it's really beautiful female vocal, um, kind of acoustic, but really crisp, almost overproduced um, guitar and drums, and just beautiful, beautiful song. But there's a full twenty second intro to it. That's sampling and sound effects and slowed down and sped up drum beat and that that's part of that transition but on the practical magic soundtrack you only get the like single version of it which is just the guitar drums and the singing As long as we're getting a bit technical, I'd like to remind you that most women and children can perceive higher frequencies of sound than most men. So that was on the Practical Magic soundtrack, which was also big '90s movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, and that that song is another song I mentioned, Sarah Johnston, where I'm just like, I love you because of how you sing. Um, that was another song that just sold me on that and the harmonies, mm-hmm. and it's such a world away from like some of the hip hop songs on there, and <laughs> from the intro songs of. of um, couch surfer and drinking in LA drinking in LA I cannot separate those words but it it's so beautiful and just still fits in because again James DeSalvio puts the drums in there and I think I wouldn't be surprised if he had all the drums laid out for like you know 45 50 minutes however long the album is and then just had people come and be like fill in everything else 
because it, it really feels seamless in that way and that's what ties it all together is the, just that backbeat where you're just kind of bopping your head throughout the entire album and there's not a pause it's just a different tempo <laughs> that makes sense to have people just come in and fill in what you've already been doing i think that would be the only way to do it right yeah yeah it's so good <laughs> <laughs> now uh discosis the second album that came out in 2001 yeah. did have a single th that charted that i remember on canadian radio called astounded that featured curtis mayfield yeah Are you familiar i have with that song so i'm familiar i can i could sing the entire album to you um excellent <laughs> uh and i have another i'll try not to incriminate myself too much but I hinted at this when I emailed you another story with this album involving a closet, much like the first one. Oh, please where... do tell. So I found out about Glee in my buddy's closet bedroom uh, when we were, you know, 14 or 15 or whatever. And 2001, I graduated high school and me and my buddy had an apartment uh, the summer after that. And this album came out and it was the album that we played in our, in our closet, our walk-in closet, which was, mm -hmm repurposed into a smoking room i'll let you use your imagination uh and that's <laughs> we would just listen to that uh and hang out in in this large walk-in closet in our apartment that we couldn't afford uh, mm. but yeah discosis astounded so it's really funny to me i did not know that was a single um for the longest time i i it's been out years now I, i've seen that before but a, when it came out, I didn't know who Curtis Mayfield was. Um, mm -hmm. Even though I'm in like the home of Motown, I was real dumb when it came to music. My mom liked disco. <laughs> so I just really was not as uh, as experienced in, in music as I would have liked to have been when I was younger. But Astounded is the, intro, is the intro track. And if you listen to it, much like the first track on Glee, it's it really is just that. It's an introduction. Like it's... Mm. I would never give it to somebody as a song. So it was really funny to me that it was a single. And I have to imagine that's only because it's Curtis Mayfield. And it was the last thing that Curtis Mayfield recorded before he died. Wow. Um, so I have to imagine that's why it was a single. And don't get me wrong. Like the melody is great. The lyrics are great. His singing is obviously amazing. There's a band mm -hmm. called Lake Street Dive. I don't know if you know about. Um, I've heard of them. And you're wearing so, the hat. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I am wearing the hat. That's funny. Yeah. But they have a song called Same Old News. And I, I actually re I saw them, I don't know, at the beginning of August. And I did like a VIP thing. So I we got to do a Q&A. And I asked the writer of Same Old News in the band if it was a tribute to Curtis Mayfield. Because in the chorus, he sings like Curtis Mayfield. He sounds just like him. And the opening words of the song are, I just want to love you. I just want to try. And in Astounded, the chorus is, I just want to love you. I just want to cry. And so mm. I, it apparently is just a coincidence. But No it, way. Yeah. Um, and so I, I thought that was really funny. He had no idea what that song was. But <laughs> uh, that melody, the lyrics, Curtis Mayfield is obviously uh, a a god when it comes to that style of singing and soul and i understand why it's a single but it's so strange to me because it has so much random yeah <laughs> sampling sound effects stuff for like a minute and a half in the beginning of the song <laughs>
it has one of my favorite things in both of these albums because of one singular moment uh, when I was living in that apartment and I first found out about well, when Discosis came out, mm. which we had to like search for these albums because Brand Van was a Canadian band and like mm-hmm. Napster was, I think Napster had gone by then. I think they shut it down in 2001 or they might have. Sh- it was maybe. getting close. It might yeah. have been a. It, but it was it was active in that era, and yeah. I think that's that's what I kind of used to get most of my import music, oh, yeah. things that I yeah. couldn't get here in, yeah. in town without ordering them in from like yeah. HMV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We I had to go uh, find out. Like I, this was one of those bands that I would look up. Like you know, if you had a CD of a band that you knew every track, every lyric. And you wanted to know if they had new music, you'd have to find out if they had new music, especially yeah. like I was a punk kid. So, you know, they're not playing punk bands on the radio. If a punk band had a new CD, I would have to find out through other means. Mm-hmm. So that's what I did with Brand Van when I found Discosis. And I was so excited. Um, and it took I don't remember how I even got it. I remember it was a burned CD for a long time. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> All of my CDs were for a while there. Yeah. But there's so I trailed off. Um, the at the very beginning of Astounded, there's a traffic noise that like horns beeping and traffic that goes starts in one ear and it pans over to the other ear. And there was a moment, so stupid, but there's a moment when I was uh, 18, I might have been high, but we going through an intersection and the timing of that song it, like blasted. My buddy got, had those stupid speakers in his trunk, like super loud. Yeah. Um, and we're going through the intersection and just timed so perfectly to where that that horn beeping traffic noise comes in and goes out at the exact moment we're going through the intersection. Like it could not have been better timed. <laughs> and it was like one of those very rare moments where your music matches what's going on in the real world for, yeah. for just a second. And I was like, oh my God, that's so cool. Um, and the fact that that song is a single is so funny to me for that reason, because it's just a lot of it a chunk of it is sound effects mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not even a, a technically a song in my opinion it's the it's introduction to the album <laughs> the album yeah because the album version is almost six minutes long yeah. but the, the single version is still under four minutes so i'm guessing they didn't have any of the yeah intro. the whole yeah the whole intro is probably gone for sure and i, I was actually impressed impressed to learn that curtis mayfield had actually done the vocal on the song too because i thought that it might have been just like an old sample of his but it's not yeah 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 last recording he made um crazy and that Mm -hmm. that album i think that album definitely went a lot heavier into hip-hop than the first album did the first album was definitely a collaboration but i feel like discosis was more James DeSalvio leaning heavier into like what he want like himself because he I think I I forget what article it was but I was reading an article that he where he was interviewed and he was like this was a project like Mm. it wasn't supposed to be a a thing like when they got signed and and kind of blew up after drinking in LA they had to figure out how they were going to do live shows because the the album was not made to be performed live like it was a it was a so there was a whole other obstacle and i think discosis was more up his alley because he was james DeSalvio's crazy guy he was doing music videos um and djing in clubs like when he was like 16 17 wow so he he was kind of feeling that out at a time when we're as humans like a little more experimental with our thoughts and i think that's what happened with with glee's he had he had the the backbone of it which is the drums and and from djing and stuff and he brought in everybody else because he i don't think he was fully comfortable with other instrumentation yet and mm-hmm. i imagine after uh i don't i don't know what awards glee won actually i probably could tell you uh, canadian music week contest um mm. but i imagine that's what really uh gave him the confidence to do discosis a little more in his lane and i think turned out so good and i'm not like a huge hip-hop fan but damn that album's good (laughs) (laughs) after these messages we'll be right back yeah 
short friends, I have a new voicemail number just for you. Give us a call at Dope Nostalgia. Our number is 780-851-8785. Leave us a message. Pick up the phone just like you used to in the old days. Remember before text messaging? Yeah, we used to actually call each other. If you just want to be heard and be on the podcast, give us a call. Once again, our Dope Nostalgia hotline, 780-851-8785. Pick up the phone. Remember, this number is Canadian, so long-distance charges may apply. This is Brooke. And this is Nikki. And this is my so-called whatever. Hey! Hey, guys. We're in 80s and 90s slash NKOTV podcast. That's new kids on the block if you didn't know that. We're here to share your stories. Yeah. And ours. Yeah. And uh, have a good time. Have a great time. Let's be nostalgic. Talk about what it was like growing up in the 80s and the 90s. Talk about what we were wearing, the music we were listening to, the The bands we liked. The movies we watched. The TV shows. All the pop culture stuff. All of that stuff. That's what we talk about on this podcast. So, and a heavy helping of new kids on the block. Yeah. So, but here's the thing. If you aren't a new kids on the block fan, that's okay. Because we flip flop between week the to topics week. each week. So we do a new kids on the block episode one week, which we call the block party. And then we do a 80s, 80s 90s episode. So which is 80s and 90s. Yeah. And we welcome you to listen to one or the other or all. Yeah. Join us. Be our guest. Be our guest. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Why do you think your mommy or daddy are always telling you, don't put that in your mouth? Let's find out. Hi, kids. Why are we on television anyway? We're here to tell a little story about why you shouldn't put things into your mouth when you don't know what they are. And why you should never take anything a stranger tries to give you. Why not? Because if you ate somebody else's medicine, some bad food, or some poison, you could get very sick. Ugh! I don't want to be sick! And that's why before you eat anything, you should always ask someone you love if it's okay. Okay! I love you. Can I eat the guitar? No. But but you can help me sing a song about eating things that don't belong inside you. Okay. I wasn't really hungry anyway. Well, wait. Maybe a little bit. Okay, everybody. If you see something that you want to eat before you do anything, remember this song. Don't you put it in your mouth. Don't you put it in your mouth. Don't you stuff it in your face. Don't stuff it in your face. Though it might look good to eat. Though it might look good to eat. And it might look good to taste. And it might look good to taste. You could get sick. Yuck. Real quick. Yuck. Real sick. Real ick. Don't you put it in your mouth, uh-uh. Till you ask someone you love, that's right, sis. If it's okay to eat, if it's okay to eat, like a muffin or a bee. Like a muffin or a bee. If you don't know just what it is, remember, boys and girls, don't put it in your mouth. Hey, what am I doing? I don't even like beets. Then don't put it in your mouth. Bye-bye, everyone. Remember, boys and girls, never take anything from a stranger and don't put things in your mouth when you don't know what they are. If you eat somebody else's medicine or some bad food or some poison, you could get very sick. Always ask someone you love before you put anything in your mouth. Well, um, I I took some notes here of things that I had read that I thought were very interesting, especially when we're talking about uh, 97 and drinking in L.A. when that came out. Um, I read an article that said that Fran Van's cosmic first single, Drinking in L.A., with its textured soulful melody, dreamy harmonies, and knockout chorus from Stephanie Morial, was everywhere, spinning in discmans on heavy much-music rotation, that's Canada, climbing Mm -hmm. radio charts across the country and on the iconic compilation, Big Shiny Tunes 2, big, big album in Canada once again. Glee was released in Canada on April 15th of that year, and a bidding war ensued among international labels for them after DeSalvo handed Moby a white label cassette of it. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. So interesting. I think big, them getting a single on Big Shiny Tunes here it can really make or break you. Like, Big Shiny Tunes did big things for artists. It's just a compilation that 
was very popular countrywide. Is that like a Canada's now that's what I call music or something? Basically, okay. yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Pretty much. That's Pretty great. close to that. But more more of like the the alternative and rock tunes of, of the country that were really big at the time nice. were on that compilation. Now in Drinking in LA, in the bridge of the song, when she's repeating LA, LA, is she saying LA or LA? I think both are happening. I think yeah. it's being interchanged. And I have had this discussion um, intoxicated to some point many times <laughs> uh, and and listened to it and repeated it and gone back and forth people. I think there's I think there's L.A.'s and I think there's Hellays, mm -hmm. <laughs> which, you know, is suitable. I like suitable. the L.A. part. I, I lived in L.A. for two years. That's accurate. There's, Did you? It's, it's, it's a lot like hell sometimes. Um, <laughs> but um but yeah brand van came out at a time too where we were talking about peer-to-peer -peer music and sharing software it probably affected them quite a bit kind of it was kind of like on the cusp of the old music industry going into the new in industry oh yeah and um in comparison now they say of a Montreal flagship. They were kind of like the Montreal flagship band of the time, but then that eventually became Arcade Fire. Understandable. Are you a fan of them? Um, Arcade Fire, I, I, I'll say yes. I mean, I, I respect everything they do. I don't own an album. Um, they, It's never something that I was like super drawn to. I think they're mm -hmm. crazy talented and there's like 50 of them. <laughs> I guess and, so, yeah. And I, I like the stuff that I've heard from them, but it's not something I, I've spent a lot of time um, absorbing. But I'd be uh, on the same page with you with that. I barely know any of their music, to be honest. Yeah, and I, I've I've seen like their live performances and videos, and I've heard them interviewed, and um, I've heard a lot of their music. I have a couple of friends that are into them, and mm -hmm. I think they're crazy talented. It's just never something I, I sunk my teeth into. Um, but I can I jump back for two seconds? Of course. I was trying to remember this quote, and so I just pulled it up instead. Sweet. <laughs> um, this is from a 1997 Billboard article about Glee mm -hmm. coming out. And this is, you know, I talked about the transitions, I think, make the album and how there's so many different genres. And I think this speaks perfectly to it. It says, before DeSalvio edited the 90 minutes of tracks he had been recording that last December, um, he said there were times it was scary because all the different genres that were coming up. Yes. <laughs> uh, mm. He was going in too many directions. We spent two months going over the music, talking some things out and linking everything together. So I think that says a lot about the album because they started yeah. with 90 minutes and they got, they cut that almost in half and then they spent two months transitioning all of it. So it was as seamless as it came out to be. And that, trying to find I, each song, it's, it's niche, it's home. I yeah and where it lives on the album which is another thing that i don't think really gets done anymore and, and as a musician like that's so sad to me because mm -hmm. i loved i mean you know our parents generation i'm assuming your age but our parents generation had uh had vinyl and you know they lost a lot when they lost uh vinyl because of the artwork and stuff that was you know you get 12 by 12 essentially painting right this piece of artwork and yeah. sure cds had like the inserts and everything but that wasn't nearly a comparison and then we had secret tracks first of all which unfortunately this doesn't have any but i love i loved secret tracks <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> listed but it was there um yeah but the idea of where songs went um i think was so important especially like in vinyl and cassettes cds it lost a little because you could literally do it was the first time you could just skip something True. um but this album, like no other, had very specific placement. There's nowhere you could take a song from like track 12 and put it as track six. It wouldn't work. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think it makes so much sense that they spent two months figuring that out because it, it really, it couldn't be done any differently. It's kind of perfect the way it is in, in that way. And, and I don't think that's something we have anymore. And I, it makes me sad. <laughs> it is sad. I mean, there's a few artists out there that are still trying to keep the whole vision of the album Taylor Swift, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and and how how it all relates to each other in one 
pretty package. There are still artists that do that, but it is a single driven world now. And uh, it's, it's, it is kind of sad. I especially miss the artwork, you know, and reading through yeah. the liner notes and all of that, the whole experience of going to get the album for the first time. Yeah, I found a band on Apple Music uh, a month ago. I, th- I believe they're called Mint Green. Um, a, like female-driven band, great music. But I noticed the cover, because the album came out like this year, last year, the cover was actually like animated. Like it was moving on my phone. Um, wow. And I was, so that was, it was cool when I saw it, but then I thought like, Oh, so you, there's no thought given to the actual packaging anymore. It's just like, how's it going to look on someone's device? Yeah. Um, and that's, yeah, that's a real bummer because that that was something that I really, I mean, I enjoyed my own album, like doing packaging and figuring mm-hmm. out where the songs are going to go and like where this picture is going to go in this picture. And um, that you can hide as the artist, like you can hide little stuff in there and fans find it and you those know, easter eggs yeah yeah it, it's it's a bummer that stuff's not there anymore that's true but yeah, yeah like <laughs> with both of these brand van albums they you can tell that it stays very true to the to whole idea of the album package and also with discosis in 2001 they had so many good collaborations there was a lot of names on this album like yeah. uh you so endure big daddy kane like pretty big stuff here yeah, I think they really stuck to their their. I don't want to say Canadian roots because I'm not the Canadian here, but it feels like they brought in a lot of Canadian talent. And being in Montreal, they also throughout mm-hmm. Discosis and in uh, Glee a little, you get some of the French language in there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget what is which is it Pierre Luc um, from Senegal. I mm-hmm. That's who it is. Um, they have him on. I think disco he might be on both there's but, a song called senegal yeah, yeah. um and the, bringing that language in there re- i think mm-hmm. really probably some sim- cemented a hometown following in montreal i would imagine being having english and french there uh, for sure both. and i jumping back real quick we were just talking about artwork and everything mm-hmm. it, it, i think it, you have to mention the artwork on both of these albums yeah uh, because the first one, Glee, has this now infamous, like, I'm sure these there's tattoos of this. <laughs> I was a tattoo person. I would get the tattoo of this <laughs> strange technicolor, what is it, a deer? And then yeah, like a rabbit like a smelling his butt. Yep. <laughs> it's pretty. It's, um, little, it's a pretty little uh, cartoon looking yeah. thing. Yeah. And then the back cover of that, and I don't know, I think it's the back of the liner notes. Yeah, it's just this really weird, like it's a tree trunk and there's records coming out of it or stuck in it. And there's mm-hmm. like some iguana alligator thing with a horn coming around it. And then this naked red haired woman like emerging out of the middle of the tree trunk and the sky's blue and pink. And it's just like, it's really, really amazing piece of artwork. Yeah. Uh, and they, I think they did that again with Discosis mm-hmm. with, um, the pencil drawing of this again naked woman um mm-hmm. with like a collar on and there's some cuffs on her bicep and but it's like a pencil drawing she's holding her hair up and it's incredibly detailed and like real like as a standalone piece of art it's amazing it's and, so well done that it looks like a photograph but it's yeah it is pencil art it's gorgeous yeah, yeah they i just I think that that was it's the end of an era for that stuff and what a what an amazing band for to celebrate those things and I, I just I really I love everything about those two albums I will say they continued on mm-hmm. they have another couple albums mm-hmm. that I I own it's fine <laughs> it's, it's not the same though um but it's but it's good I, I you know I don't think anything will ma- measure up to the first two um mm-hmm. there's a, a great sampling or cover depending on how you want to look at it of i'll be there on rose which was 2007 i uh, would mm-hmm. whenever you call me i'll be there that song um yeah they do that really well but it is a little i feel like it goes more in a an electronic direction which is not a genre of music i'm 
super big on. That's why yeah. I like I like the first two because they really took electronic music and then mixed in all this other stuff. So the electronic music was like the background, but then in the foreground you had the hip hop or you had a, a acoustic rock or like hard rock uh, and just weird stuff. Yeah. Um, and I think they went more of an electronic direction in the next two albums. Um, they're still, you know, it's still same guy, still James DeSalvio <laughs> running it, but extremely it, it doesn't creative feel, person. Yeah. And I think he collaborates with different people. Um, again, I, he was quoted as being like, this wasn't supposed to be like a thing. It was a project. And the fact that it's still going, you know, it evolves and uh, I'd be curious to see what happens next, but I'll always keep following. I'll still get the next album. Cause I, I just think there's a level of creativity there that you do not see in, in a lot of artists. Um, and that ought to be admired for sure. Yeah. More people need to know about it. And now next time I'm going to take a listen to these two albums. I can think about this conversation and realize like you, how well you explained your experience with these two albums, I think is great. Yeah. I, this is one of those bands I will go back to and listen to all the time. When speaking of burn CDs, we mentioned like even all my little mixes and everything I'd make, every <laughs> one of them had one brand band song on it at least because there's, doesn't matter what genre you're doing that in, you're going to find something that will fit in there. And uh, there's just, so good nice. <laughs> just, and, and i would encourage anyone that has the time to just listen to each of these start to finish um because mm -hmm. i'm not going to try to give someone one song to listen to even though i would happily do that i just it never works out because they're that they it's a whole package <laughs> that's good it has to be enjoyed i always play clips of the songs that we talk about too so oh, i'll perfect. throw on a few clips throughout the show too well i hope to hear um, I like what your t-shirt says. I'm with stupid and stupid's with me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. We'll make sure that's in there. <laughs> exactly. And like me track 12 glee. Um, I want to make sure that you, um, we cover everything that you have on your notes and such too. So is there I anything think, else you know, like to? Oh, I, I, I suppose we should point out brand van 3000, uh, is named after the Swedish term for liquor, which is Bronven. Um, oh. And then um, E.P. Bergen had a van, a dirty old van that they ended up calling the brand van, uh, <laughs> like off the liquor. Um, and then that kind of formed brand van 3000. I don't think there's an explanation for the 3000 other than just like kind of sounds cool, I guess. Yeah, I, that's what I but, think too. Um, brand van 3000. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I think. Oh, the, the, I did mention this. They won the Canadian Music Week contest. Um, mm -hmm. But then after they won, they were they were disqualified because they had no band. So it plays into what I mentioned earlier, how like when they got big, the whole there was a whole obstacle of figuring out how to do live shows. Yeah. Um, one of the things that held them back from getting big was not having that band because they won the contest, but then couldn't perform. So they got disqualified. It seems so unfair. <laughs> it's really funny it's just it it's uh that was especially i mean can you imagine that today like mm -hmm. i don't think anyone would get disqualified because you go to no. giant stadium concerts and it's one guy with a laptop on stage exactly and so there's a majority of music now that doesn't even have a band playing it yeah. so i mean which i'm always at battle with myself there because even though i know that's kind of what brand van would have to be live uh, I hate music like that live. I just don't yeah. understand. I, I, like I said, when they went in an electronic direction, um, I wasn't super uh, apt to follow because I just, I'm not a huge electronic music fan. Like, especially it's gotten into the weeds with, uh, <laughs> I, I, what is it? Uh, e oh, wow. I sound like a boomer. Um, <laughs> no. I can't think of the, EDM. God, that took forever. But yeah, like EDM and trance and, um, you know, watching electronic music evolve over the last 20 years, I've definitely stayed away from it. Yeah. <laughs> watching all the like candy crunching kids go to raves and, and, and be like, all right, cool. I'm going to find the, well, look, Jacob Dylan's doing solo stuff now. <laughs> like, yeah, that's, that's, that's the that's direction. How I I, that's how I operate. 
Yeah. So I mean, if I'm looking for for new stuff, it's always like new stuff by people I loved 20 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a rough world. I I still have friends that find new bands all the time. I'm like, how do you like how do you do this? Because <laughs> they're out there, but mm-hmm. uh there it's it's few and but it's hard between. to slog through everything and to find it. Because yeah. I don't even really turn on terrestrial radio anymore. Like nothing that's new, nothing top 40. Yeah. I'll turn on like the retro station. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. so you're you're not really getting anything. And that's funny when I say that too, because that applies to the Canadian content rule we talked about earlier. Uh, the station I listen to plays 80s, 90s, and early 2000s and anything by the weekend. Why? Because the weekend's Canadian. That's amazing. <laughs> Seriously. We'll I hear the throw... weekend on there at least once an hour. That's funny. My my wife and I have a joke. Um, that radio station I was talking about earlier, 93.9, The River. Um, yeah. Their tagline would always be like, new music on the river. And it would be uh, like, okay, like Gautier, you know, that song, somebody that I used to know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They would play that five years after it came out and be like, no, new music on the river. You'd be like, this is, <laughs> what? And it, so that's that's the running joke about that station. R.I.P. <laughs> Missy the River. Aww. But that's, uh, yeah, there's, I don't think those stations exist anymore anyway. So there's there's no output where I would find music that I like. Because um, I, I, I don't know where you'd find that. Like Maybe satellite radio. Yeah. I canceled that subscription. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy and content in my bubble of music I like. So yeah, same. <laughs> I'm I'm cool with it. Same. Nobody give me your recommendations. I don't want anything new. I'm good. <laughs> I have my nineties alternative playlist and I, I'm all set. Thanks. <laughs> there you go. Well, I, I really appreciate talking with you about this band today. Justin, it was fantastic. Hopefully you'll want to come on the show again sometime. Oh yeah, you have a laundry list of topics that I would could talk ad nauseum on. Good. We'll do it again for sure then if you are into Perfect. it. Perfect. Absolutely. I appreciate yeah. the time. and listen for a second you know you can follow us on twitter at nostalgia dope instagram at dope underscore nostalgia visit our website at www.dopenostalgia.com or pick up the phone and call us at 780-851-8785 this podcast is licensed by socan because we believe that artists should be paid for their work